Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul right here at selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my wonderful repeat guest is Elizabeth Power. We're going to take you on flight today. We're going to lift your spirits up, unleashing our spiritual energy, (laughs) which we both desperately needed today on this Monday morning, although you're going to be listening to it next Tuesday. Uh, We really needed to kind of step into our spirits today and let it take flight because there's something heavy going on in the planet today and uh, sometimes it can pull you down and you know we need to find ways to lift ourselves up you know the power of spirituality has always been within us to access it we have to let go of our human crisis state which i invite you to go back to elizabeth's last show where we do talk about the human crisis state and we live too often in that state and it's very very easy to get caught up in it and not release us from it so when we ignite that spirit from within we We learn so much more about ourselves and our divine connection to source, God, spirit, source, energy, whatever you wish to call it. So we're going to take flight today and just let that spiritual liberation take us where it needs to go. Elizabeth Power is a MED, an international authority on trauma-informed care, change and resilience. She's also an adjunct instructor at the Psychiatry of Georgetown University Medical Center and a veteran adult educator. Her new book, Healer, Reducing Crisis, is the first in five book series that reduces the time, trauma, and cost of healing from overwhelming events. Her clients include a National Center for Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, a National Child Traumatic Stress Network, and many more. And a frequent speaker and trainer, Elizabeth's target is to reach ways to focus our skills over sickness. Um, And most certainly, there's something going on out there today, something traumatic, and I don't know what it is, but let's shift it to a positive energy welcome my darling thank you dear it's so good to be with you i swear i think that the cosmic elephant just took a big dump on the planet <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, it's yeah it's stinky it's, it's heavy yeah <laughs> this morning i started out i woke up crying like a rat eating mm. onions mm. and it's it's like what was going on yeah. you know well you know i did get some bad news last week but i don't think it's it wasn't unexpected so and it has been like that all day. And everyone I've talked to has just been trying to get their their eyes and their hearts up off the yes. floor or out of the grave or out of the rut or out of the trenches they've been in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, just to let you know, folks, because we do these shows ahead of time. This is the 2nd of August. By the time you hear this, it will be the 9th of August. And hopefully by then the shift has happened. But no matter whether it's then or now, you're going to get those dumps now and again. And this is how you get out of them. Oh, shovel, you're, shovel, you're shovel. so optimistic. You are so <laughs> optimistic. Or at least how you how you tolerate the discomfort while they pass of their own accord. Right. Well, but that's sometimes you just have to, right? You know, I think yeah. sometimes... 
sometimes this heaviness comes over us and you know this is too big for any one person to lift so what do i need to do for myself and sometimes it's like this is the time to be reclusive do mm -hmm. something that warms your heart and your soul you know what is it that feeds you go into your inner space because you cannot face what's out there on your own and maybe you can gather the other sources and forces to do so with you but sometimes it's just retreat retreat and re-energize wait for it to pass or at least diminish enough for you to emerge from it now wait a minute i want to talk about this retreat thing now i, I freely confess we all know because the time i open my mouth you know i'm from the rural well i'm from the south rural or not but i am from the rural south and and i just have to tell you that retreat is what we do when the treat didn't take the first time yeah <laughs> Okay. All right. Different if you meanings. treat something and it doesn't take it, doesn't take it. It's the, and, and when you mistreat it, that's when you apply the wrong thing to it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So treat, retreat and mistreat. I'll take on a whole new mm. perspective. Yes. Yes. Maybe what we need to do is compost. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> the, <laughs> well, you know, it may be stinky and smelly, but my God, is it productive? Yes, it is. And the thing I have found, not that I enjoy being in it, is that when that kind of, uh, it's, it's a genuine, it's, it's an angst, it's a despair. It really is smelly and stinky and sloppy. And, I'm, and I believe the elephant might have had a little GI problem in the process. But when it <laughs> ends up on us, you know, it's either freak out or freak in or say, well, let's see what I can do with this. We had a saying where I grew up that was, the more you pat a cow pile, the worse it stinks, but the faster it turns into compost. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we need to pat on it a little bit and see what it's all about. But I have to say this, I still come back to some of the same things uh, that, that moving inward, the, what the, the retreat, the sense that you were mm -hmm. using when we, when we're willing to turn inward, what we find is what becomes interesting next. Are we in there gnawing on our own arm, like a coyote in a trap? <laughs> Right. You know, are we in there saying the things to us that we would say to other people? You know, we only we only get one aware shot at the conversations we have in our head. Mm -hmm. What are we doing with it? Are we talking to ourselves like the beloved soul in the universe that we are? Um, and, and if we are and those horrifying, difficult feelings keep coming up, is it because we've reached our set point and we and, and the resistance is rising because we're about to have a breakthrough? Mm -hmm. um, or is it just plain that the planets are wacky? I think the planets are wacky. What do you think? Well, right now, I think definitely planet is out of whack. And, you know, that it's, it's a two-step. You know, mm. and, you know, I think sometimes a couple of steps back, you know, to do the one forward is like, no, you took the wrong step. We've got to take you back a couple of steps. Yes, yes, right? yes. Oh, 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 sorry. That was just a little detour. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, oh, you, you oh, put the wrong the foot forward and I'm going to take you back a couple of steps. You know, you know, it's rather like when you watch the Olympics, you know, they're, they're diving off the board or they're doing a run. And if they're just slightly out of whack they're not going to get the performance they need. And I think right now it's like, hang on universe, you know, you're just out of step. Let's take you back. Let's realign you now step forward in the right light and the right energy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I want to talk about the Olympics for just a second, because I think that we, we are, um, the attributions that we're making about Simone Biles' mm. choice to drop out are terrifyingly yes. shameful. 
And the reason I say that is this, there are a lot of, I have, I have observed that there are a good number of men who look like me who are saying she's a chicken and she should just suck it up and keep going, or she's a coward or she's a quitter. And I want to point out a couple of things. Would they have said, did they say the same thing to the guy who put his F-14 nose down in a neighborhood near mine a few years ago and he had the same thing happen to him? He got the, the, the spatial twisties. Right. Yes. I doubt yeah. they would have. Yeah. And would they said it to her if she'd been a white woman? They may not have. Mm. They said it to her. And here's the thing. We all get the trauma twisties. Yes. That's a new hashtag I've just popped up with. Mm-hmm. And the trauma twisties are great signs of when spiritually we're being challenged by our own lives. Mm-hmm. When our brain and our body remember things that have happened to us. Um, and even though it's only may only be an anniversary or it may be a self-doubt, um, and for, for you got to remember that Simone Biles was the only survivor of the, of Nassar's to show up the, to be at the Olympics. Yeah. She was the only one after all that. And the day that she chose to stop was a day that a particular anniversary had occurred. Yes. If you don't like the expense that you're incurring in watching the Olympics, and I'm saying this is a spiritual challenge, stop traumatizing people. Stop yes. putting people in such states of injury that they can't cope and function. Right. And, you know, it's also this huge expectation we put on people. Can we please remember they are human first? Yes. They're not, they're not robots. They're not out there as machines. They're humans first. They go for the same emotions we do. They've pushed themselves to absolute limits. And in fact, quite honestly, even just being at the Olympics right now under the circumstances is already incredibly courageous in a country that's running rampant with COVID. Yes. And and how many have, have got there, got COVID only to find their dreams dashed before they can even do anything. So, you know, my, my applause is to any single one of them that are out yes. there, no matter what they're doing, but to shame anyone for either being too good or for their emotional state, getting in the way of something, I think shame on them, shame on them. And let me see so you do a few of sound, those, you know, bars. Don't we sound like the non-judgmental lot we really are? <laughs> You know, it's, it's the, the kettle calling the black, right? You know, but the thing is, if you think you can do better, step up. But, Penny, you know, most to of the put people, people the, down, you know. And most of them wouldn't even put on a mask in Walmart. Mm-hmm. But they think they know so much more about what she's doing and how she does yeah. it and who she is that she should go out there and literally risk her life. The guy that drove the, the jet fighter pilot nose, ground, nose down here, he didn't make it. Right. There are a number of athletes who haven't made it. There are a number of people who know better and go on and do it anyway because they're supposed to please somebody. Right. And that is not the reason to do it. Imagine if if she was off kilter and landed on her neck. Right. Instead of her feet or off That's balance. The point. You know, and that, there there it is. You know, either crippled she'd die or a martyr. She'd oh, right. die a martyr. Right. And then they'll probably criticize her for that as well. You know, it's just there's no pleasing certain people. And I think actually that is a point I want to bring up. Um, I don't know if it's the energy that's out there right now, but it seems to me people are on the bitch wagon. I I put this out the other day that I am so tired of everybody bitching about everything. Uh, And it's one thing after the other, one thing after the other, that nobody seems to be satisfied with anything or grateful for anything. And it's all bitch, 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 bitch. And it's like, well, if you're so miserable about your life, 
go and do something about it that is not imposing your bitching on others. This is an internal job you've got going on here. This is a turmoil within yourself. You need to go in and heal that and stop doing the elephant dump on everyone else because we're getting tired of it. You know, we're getting tired of all of that. Angst well, <laughs> so instead of being the chihuahua whizzing on the fire hydrant, let me talk about some very cool things that are happening. Mm -hmm, please. <laughs> First of all, if y'all have been out and looked at my Facebook page, you will see that I have been picking beans and cooking beans. Yes. Let me tell you about these hallowed beans. These bean vines are, are full runners and they would run about 150 miles if I'd let them, I think. <laughs> but these beans are beans that were my, given to me by my stepfather that he got from his mother. So they're three generation beans. Wow. And they are so beautiful and so lush that it's not even funny. And I have had the best time picking them and stringing them and shelling them and preparing them and cooking them and then freezing them. It's just been, it's been really grounding to get my feet back in that earth. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I'm really grateful for, I got given a tomato this weekend. And this is going to sound so funny, but it's that time of year where I live, where there's a holy grail that you're always looking for. Mm. It's the M&M &M sandwich. It's mayonnaise and maters on stinky white <laughs> bread that you can put fingerprints <laughs> in. And you have to lean over the sink because it's going to run down your arms. <laughs> My tomatoes have not been M&M worthy this year. They just don't taste right. So a friend of mine brought me a tomato that she, that her dad grew. She can't eat tomatoes. Her dad is like 92 years old. Mm -hmm. This was a killer tomato. And I'm going, what is it? I just need 20 plus years more practice at this, but oh, was it good. It was so big that a whole, that a slice covered the entire slice of cheap bread. Mm -hmm. It will probably gum up my guts or make me grow tomato plants or something like that. But that, that <laughs> it is was a worth it. <laughs> my mouth's watering. Um, another very cool thing it, it, that's happened this week in terms of installing the good, and that's a technique everybody can do, no matter how bitchy you happen to be. You think about something good that happens, yeah. only spend 20 seconds focusing on it. Yes. So my friends posted on Facebook this morning that the storm that's just passed through uh, put a, a branch on their roof and through their dining room. Um, and it Not was really their bedroom, fortunately, thankfully, and, yes. and nobody, everybody was safe and it's, mm. it's an inconvenience, but it was so fascinating because I said, have you seen the home a mile North of yours uh, that got bisected by a tree mm. and gratefully no one was hurt there. So we had these big storms here in Nashville this weekend and, and although there's been some property damage, no lives were lost. Which and that's really good. Yeah. And we got rain. And I'm wishing for rain for my colleagues on the West Coast. Oh, my God. Are and we desperate for rain right now. 300 fires going. And the smoke is just literally traveling everywhere. And we're desperate for rain. And they keep saying rain 50%. And it's, it's like cat's piss. It's nothing. It's not touching the ground. I don't think I'd insult my cat's piss that way. I know those... <laughs> I want, last week it rained in my front yard, but not in my backyard. That's how specific it was. And wow. I'm like, but this is nuts. <laughs> I'm standing in the sun and I'm like, this is just nuts. <laughs> you know. And I'm thinking, okay, so what's up with that cosmos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, are you using a big sieve or something? <laughs> yes. But, and then so you've got the other you? side of it, you have the floods. You know, like my argument is this is where is Superman? You know, he could go over to Europe, suck up all that excess water mm -hmm. and then bring it over to us. What use is he? 
Is well, he left what? us? <laughs> he has indeed. He I won't blame indeed. him. <laughs> we were talking um, recently about uh, messages from water. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've taken to doing, because I think it's so very important, is when it rains, I thank the water for coming. Mm -hmm. And I've begun to thank it for raining, even when it's not. Mm -hmm. Because it seems to me that since water has its own consciousness and its own life, that if I thank it for being present instead of focusing on the drought, right, that I'm calling into being that state that is, that is fulfillment rather than want. Right. And I say that if, if all of us for 30 seconds could get on the rain vibe, you know, all that we needed, everybody on the same frequency for 30 seconds, we would get rain, right? I bet if we could get within, within 10 points of each other and do it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yes. I mean, you know, so, if you think about that, there used to be the rain dancers, you know, they put out that vibe and, and they succeeded in getting the rain a good amount of the time. So, um, yeah, I think we need we need to be out there kind of in some sort of rain vigil. Um, and obviously, you know, overseas, they need you know more of a little bit of a drought going on <laughs> because you know, of drainage. I wonder, I wonder what would happen. And, I, and I, I am so guilty of it has been I've been in such anguish the last couple of days. It's just been really painful. Um, and I have had a hard time until about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that would be you. Yes. Until about 20 minutes ago, even turning my face this far around. Mm -hmm. I wonder what would happen if we all got together mm -hmm. and we turned our faces around a bit. Yeah. I mean, I know what it's like out there, but I can also choose to believe that the world is full of love and yes. caring. Yes. That people are kind, that loving kindness exists for every being and every creature on this planet. That loving kindness exists for the people that that I would personally like not to extend it to, and I need to extend it to anyway, and yeah. especially towards myself. Yes. Well, you know, you talked about 70% you know, water, where bodies are 70% mm -hmm. water. Now we know that if if there's that turmoil or dysfunction or hate towards ourselves are going there, it changes the miraculous structure of that water and it cannot feed our organs. And this is why we get disease and breakdown of the body. So if we can nurture our own waters and we can love our own waters and keep our own waters calm, then that is what we're going to exude out to everyone else. And we have a wonderful ripple effect, but we're always looking externally for that peace mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. peace lies within us and mm -hmm. if we could just learn to go in calm our waters down nurture ourselves hug our own hearts feed our own souls let our own spirit fly in whichever way you need to do it some you know music is a big one for me that really helps some people mm -hmm. walk out in nature a giggle of a child a dog playing with a ball you know the trees rustling the water lapping against the ocean you know those the shores there's always something there that's going to make you smile open that smile up let it open your heart up let it feed the soul and the spirit let it feed the body you can feel the shoulders relaxing you can feel your body, just everything about you relax. You can feel the smile on your face. And if we could get into that state, we'd realize all that stuff that we're worried about is external 
we'll get to it when we need to get to it, if we need to get to it. But this is what's really important right or now. Or it's in the past and it yes. doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Carrying it along with you. Let it go. Well, you know, I think sometimes another thing happens. I think sometimes things are deeply etched in our vibrational pattern. Mm -hmm. And we may let them go on one round around the spiral, but we yes. come back to them the next time and they demand being let go a different way. The cellular structure, right? It's, it's cellular mm -hmm. deep. And as you think you've got rid of it and all of a sudden it comes back up again. And then people are afraid, oh, I'm back in it. No, you're not. It's just the memory of it is back in it. And it's just another cleansing you've got to go through. Just like mm -hmm. we go through dietal cleansing to clear the yes, system. Yes, you know, yes. this is a cellular memory cleansing that we've got to have. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. not back mm -hmm. in it. It's just there to tell you it's another layer that needs to be. That's right. If you're looking, it's a different perspective. Yeah. The last time I looked at it, I was standing at the 12 o'clock position. This time I'm standing perhaps at the three or the 4.30, a little bit higher up. Not that I don't mean higher, but a little bit further along yeah. on my journey. Yes. Spiral rather than a straight line. That straight line thinking, that is so old fashioned. It's A, B, stop. Yeah. A, B, stop. A, B, stop. A, B, stop. C, D, stop. E, F, stop. G, H, stop. It's all straight line followed by a grief cycle. Mm-hmm. When I finally re realized that I could do this, I can think think like a slinky is what I call it. Yes, yes. That that I was always traveling along those coils, no matter how compressed or extended they were. And of course, I would run into things along them in different places along as I as I lengthened those coils, because it was simply a different perspective on what I'd been looking at before. And yeah, man, you know, my spirituality. Yeah. Well, that, that straight line, if you think about it, think about the gymnastics on the balance beam, right? Mm -hmm. That's us. We're, well, in ironically, this, we're constantly trying to balance ourselves on this narrow beam and the straight and narrow, and we're not meant to go that way. And that's the last, and that is the one, one event that Simone Biles is going to compete in. Bless her. Good. You know, and you think about it, maybe I can't do a, something that requires the level of spatial orientation I've had. Maybe right now this thing that's going, oh, that's the sweetest thing. I just had my cat stretch her paw and I'm looking at her pads and you see those cute little claws come out. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, but if, she, if I can't do the thing that I have been able to do because my spatial disorientation mm. is still high, I've got the trauma twisties. I can do something lesser that still shows that I'm competent. Right. Right. She, there's less nothing of, less different. of than her. Nothing less of. It's that everybody goes through a phase in anything. You've got writers with writer's block. That doesn't mean they're no longer a writer. It just means they have a block at this time. They're meant to go and do something else to kind of rejuvenate and come back fresh. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's just hit her at this timing. And it could mm -hmm. be the external pressures of that she's too good, so we should penalize her, or she's so good, you know, we represent America and she shouldn't be human. I mean, you can't bombard these people at the, these kind of pressures all the time. And well, and, and certainly not when your very sport has allowed you to be misused chronically yes. and avoided dealing with things. And yes, I mean, she, not only are all the things you said incredibly right on target, it is also her history being traumatized profoundly by the very sports she's representing. Yes, the people she was meant to trust. That's correct. Oh, well, here we go again. We're talking about laws of karma. We need to be taking flight, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Favorite oh, bird. Yeah. yeah. Favorite bird. You know, I always say the greatest gift you can give yourself and give another is your vulnerability. But <sighs> you're giving it in such trust, right? 
And you really want to know that that vulnerability that you're giving to someone is somebody on the same vibrational plane as you. Somebody that really, I will take your vulnerability in trust and be there for you. When that is broken, it's like shattering a glass. It's very hard to put back together. You know, in, in uh, traditional Native American ways of being, some communities believe that when something that ha happens that shatters the soul, the, the person that has caused this takes the piece of the soul that they've broken off mm. down into the underworld with them. Mm. And part of the challenge is retrieving those pieces of soul or self from the underworld, which is done symbolically. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... Um, it's one of the most fascinating processes I've ever been privileged to help people through or to participate in because I could see the pieces of me that had been hidden away in, in dark, vile smelling places. Mm -hmm. And to go down and bring those back to the light is very powerful. You don't do that by being a laydown. You do that yeah. by relishing yourself enough and, and caring for yourself enough and eroding the self-contempt enough that you treat yourself at least as valuably as you'll treat others. But this is why we do see certain criminals who've done some atrocities and they have been willing to go through that personal therapy of healing and, and truly are sorry. You know, I realized that the person who was doing that at the time was a lost soul and that whoever they harmed, that they have really shattered that soul and it's taking responsibility it's asking for forgiveness, but it's their own personal growth as well. And we're inclined to throw people away when they do something wrong. The first oh, time, Lord, oh, yes. you know, they're garbage, just press the garburetor. Instead of going, who were they at that time? What were they thinking? Uh, what was their value? To them? What yeah. had happened what had to hap them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, everybody can heal and everybody can rise. But that people won't often, often won't let us do that. And the thing is, if you're relating to me like I'm the person I used to be, mm. you're out of date. Yeah. You're out of date because although there are still places that I have to go and things that, I'm a, that I am continuing to tend to in my own life, I am so much not the person I was. Yes. I had yeah. to call somebody out about that last week who was 20. It's a 20 plus year relationship. And she was certain that I disliked one of my competitors and I was going to be mean to them. She's transferring some IP over to them that I've been teaching. And I said, wait, stop. In this conversation, have you heard me say anything derogatory, negative, or punishing about them? Mm -hmm. Have you heard me in any way indicate that I think anything less than highly of them? Mm -hmm. And she said, and I said, no, wait, please answer my question. She said, no. I said, then please update your perspective. Right. Exactly. You're please. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now that's, that's old news. You know, why are you mm -hmm. carrying it around? It's, um, and it's amazing how many people will carry that around for someone else. Oh Lord. Yeah. And drag right? it up as soon as, yeah. soon as that person commits a second sin, man, they're done. That's yeah. it. Eternal flames for them. They're out of here. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, I live with a wonderful 88 year old whose birthday it was last week. And we've had all week celebrating her birthday. And she's such an exuberant person. And there's something kind of childlike about the joy of life with her. But she has this person that calls her all the time, who tells her that she needs to be in a smaller car. She needs to be in a smaller house. She needs this. She needs that. And 
she keeps saying to this person, please lose my number. (laughs) I'm happy with my car. I'm happy with my house. I'm happy with my cat. You know, I'm happy. You know, please lose my number. Thank you for your concern. But no, So it's taken about six months for this person to now call her and say, well, as you're not listening to my advice, I'm not going to call you anymore. (laughs) And it's like, doesn't matter what was said to her. Nothing penetrated whatsoever. Nothing. And it's like, she had to come to it herself six months later. I think even longer, actually. Bless her heart. You know, that happens to us sometimes. We're just sure we know what someone else needs. And we'll be happy if they'll take action. Just mm. imagine. It's not I'll for them. The- it's for us, right? Well, oh, we were exactly. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a usually a power and control yeah. thing. And we've never had control in the first place. All we've ever had is choice. Yes, you can help someone make a better choice by giving them a different perspective or showing them another way. But it must be their choice if they're willing to take action or not. All you right. can do and is to show them, you know, show them the road. If they want to get in their car and drive it or walk it, then fine. But we can't push them out there and say, you've got to do it because I believe it's better for you. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, we don't know if it is or not. Right. And only they can know that, whether they participate in it or they feel it. But if they don't feel it and they don't see it, walking it isn't going to make any difference anyway. That's right. That's right. People have got to be ready. I mean, there's there's a huge thing called free will. Right? Oh, that. Yes. That again. Yes. And it's like you can inspire and aspire and you can illuminate and you can shed light on anything and people can look up to it and go that is absolutely wonderful i would love to do that and you can say you can but until they see it themselves their own free will to believe in themselves and to believe they can or they want something like it or it ignites something within them to believe they can take it a, a path of their own you can't do anything other than illuminate that light that road for them and it must be their free will otherwise it's not really their choice and you know i think the thing that sometimes we underestimate is how much what the weight of oppression is on their shoulders Mm. sometimes someone or something else has had its foot on their neck for such a long time they don't realize Uh, they can you know they're free now It's, it is safer to stay in the old than, you know, we'd rather, we prefer the familiar hell to the unfamiliar paradise. Yes. And it's interesting once you choose to begin to see what you can do with your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are no guarantees that you're going to end up rich or famous or any of those things, but there are some guarantees that you can be happier, mm. that you can feel more freedom, that you can feel less oppression, that you you know, there are guarantees that you can shift things by the yep. choices you make. And I think, you know, again, I, I go back to my home home area because we had so many fabulous sayings like you can't walk on water until you get both feet out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, And this whole piece of looking at the personal transformation that spirituality brings us engages us in getting both feet out of the boat and realizing that even if I even if I sink, I have been on top of the water. Right. And the yes. next time, perhaps I will stay on top of the water another moment longer, or perhaps I will see the stone directly in front of me another second sooner. Um, yet I think when we start looking at at choice making and the notion of 
what prevents us from being able to go as far as we want to go, as fast as we want to go. I think we're uncomfortable with the idea of being beloved. Mm-hmm. I think it is so foreign sometimes because we have come to despise ourselves because we are of a particular race or another race. We have come to despise ourselves because the people in charge have told us we weren't okay, Mm -hmm. or we somehow ingested that belief from the sewer systems of the ethers. I'm not sure, but I do know that the amount of um, redirection it takes to help the mind believe I am a beloved, lovable, beautiful child of the cosmos to take that and feel it yes to do something besides have it stuck here or here or some or here is huge it's absolutely huge because you're aligning all of those major energetic centers and the chakras that may be stuck from previous issues in other lives or perhaps you drew the bad luck of a, of a fixed astrological pattern it's going to bite you in the butt every 20 years the thing is even when you know these things it is still up to you to say okay So I guess I've hit my limit on how much I can love me. And I know that if I'm as much love as the cosmos is, there's plenty more I can get to. What am I willing to do to keep going? And that big word is participation. You've got to participate Mm -hmm. in your own life. A lot of people are waiting for life to happen to them. Mm -hmm. And you've got to interact with your own life. Mm -hmm. You have to participate. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to happen unless you join the party. You know, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to take that leap. A lot of people are, absolutely petrified of the leap, you know, step out into the abyss, you know, blind, deaf and dumb and and hope that the Mm -hmm. universe has got you. I do it that way. That's just the way I'm designed. And I've fallen many, many a time, head first, butt first, you name it, right? Uh, But every time that getting up has taught me something else about myself, right? A different form of courage, a different form of strength, a different form of knowledge. But if you're if you're not one of the leaper people and it really is just one toe at a time as long as something is moving forward the worst thing we can do is look at stagnant waters they fester they attract all the mosquitoes and all the other creatures water is meant to move we are fluid creatures we are fluidity about us our energy our water our minds our blood our oxygen has to be on the move and we need to constantly be moving forward in some way in order to kind of reach that beautiful peace that we're looking for you know what i think about and it's spirituality piece it's really key for me i grew up with what my family and I, what i call and i think my family probably called it something else i called it a 55 gallon barrel of mad asshole on my shoulder. Mm. That's pretty heavy. It was, I was, I was, all I knew to be was mad. Yes. All I knew to be was just furious all the time as if it would hurt anybody but me. And didn't um, it hurt you? Didn't it really hurt you? Oh, I, 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 I blew up every relationship on a mm. regular basis about mm. every other week. And then it stretched to every three weeks and it was every month. And now I think I've got it down to about 10 years, which is pretty good. <laughs> yes. And sometimes, sometimes it's well-deserved to blow it up and it's a good thing. Um, but the other piece of that was that when I began to think about, and this was where I could go linear wise, I began to think about scales that if I did indeed have that 55 gallon barrel weighing one side way down, I wondered if I could add what I could do to add weight to bring it so that there was more balance, Mm -hmm. just more balance. I mean, that was just balance. Yes. And so I realized it didn't matter 
in, in terms of feeling being so dedicated. I mean, I was addicted to my own failure, uh, Sarah. It was it was it was really? unarguably some of the most miserable times in my life. And my spirituality had been awakened with a large boom when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. So here I'm with this huge spirituality, trying to wrestle it down, and all the adolescent angst and all the crazy of the twenties and thirties, and and then it was the sixties and seventies to boot. Um, and I thought, I wonder what would happen if I just began to stack tiny choices up on the other side of that scale. And it might be the choice instead of saying got to or else to say and or mm-hmm. might or could or or possible. I want, you know, or or instead of saying but to replace but with and because when you say it's a great car, but it needs a new engine. It's not that great a car. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Uh, what happens if I even when I feel like a run over piece of paper, what happens if I'm willing to choose to feel something different mm-hmm. and even just to try it? And I discovered that the more I stacked those little bitty, seemingly meaningless choices, and I never could see the stack I was making, mm-hmm. which was really hard. But it turned out that the more I did that, the less that 55 gallon barrel weighed yes. or the more the other one weighed. Yeah. And I have to say that as far as I've come, I probably still have that far to go again. And I'm so much happier with my life now with that balance. Yeah. With that yeah. with that change in the hue of my own auric field, with that change in my vibrational frequency. Yeah, I used to um, self-sabotage. And Ooh, it that. was, uh, I'm going to sabotage myself before you do. And I felt Ooh. that was power. Right. I just want to. Yeah, I'm going to prove you that I know who me, I am. Right. Before you hurt me, I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah. Oh, I know that one, sister. That's good. <laughs> and it, it's a yeah, I blew up every relationship because I didn't trust the love. I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know that expectation that everybody wanting you to be something different to what you are. Well, I'm going to be different. So there, you know, and and realize that uh, when I you know, crashed when I took that abyss leap and boom, how come I didn't fly? How come I landed with a heavy thump and I had to get back up again? It's rather like what I feel we're doing right now, two steps back. No, darling, that's not the purpose of it. You've got to start again, you know? And it was, uh, I think there were very much there, as you talk about the 60s and the 70s, we were breaking out into liberation, into freedom of expression, into love being that energy, that economy of mm-hmm. of life and mm-hmm. we were breaking out into that but we were breaking out against the establishment so although we kind of had a beautiful flame there for a while along came the end of the 70s and the 80s and with the hoses and put it out right hoses i thought they were airdropping from helicopters to planes <laughs> yeah, exactly it's when we had a certain certain person in office i'm pretty sure they were yeah yeah exactly um and the thing is, is that we, you know, with that love and everything else was kind of smoldering inside of us, begging to come back out again, but it didn't feel safe in the environment. So we went back out to, you know, like the self-sabotage, I don't trust you. You know, you're going to hurt me. So, you know, I'm going to either hurt myself or I'm going to, you know, hurt you. So you will leave in case you hurt me. God, that's so typical. If you, if you've, I mean, I realize I'm a book nerd, but if you've ever read Irving Goffman's work on stigma, the management of spoiled identity, you would know that that is such a normal thing to do. And if you, if you really 
know much about about trauma, you understand that when we are overwhelmed by things and we don't have the, the, the mechanisms to cope with them, we either hurt each other or we hurt yeah. ourselves or we just retreat. Right. And we don't mean to, but it's 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 so the only we tool we've got. To yes. Yeah. yeah. God, I tell you, I ha I hate that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is when you are willing to do the work, which you know, um. I'm hoping the I'm I'm seeing like the younger generation. My kids are in their thirties. I am seeing them on their own self-discovery right now. They're doing the work. They're opening up those channels. They're mm -hmm. willing to go through those cellular levels and let mm -hmm. things go. And you know, I was in my fifties doing that. Did and anybody it, teach you how to do that? I mean, didn't you have to learn how to do I had, it? I had to learn myself. I came mm -hmm. across certain people like in 94, um, one woman released 154 lifetimes for me because literally mm -hmm. I'd walk into this wall all the time. Didn't matter if I climbed it, went under it, this wall was always there. And she removed those lifetimes and, and just for a while there, I was on wobbly legs, like, who am I now? I Trauma don't have twisties. these. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it was uh, my own self-discovery of who I am now without that wall with my own choice. And it was a, another six year journey of, of that self-discovery before I started stepping in myself. And then since then it's been, you know, sometimes a few steps forward and a few steps back. But as you talked about balance and equilibrium, I'm a Libra because I'm always trying to balance things, right? God, you, same here. <laughs> and I really, you know, balance isn't having things absolutely perfect. It's about the constant flow. Right. And they're going to go up and down nice and easy in the flow that you can manage. And you don't want the extremes so the extreme highs or the extreme lows. Mm -hmm. And I finally, in my kind of late 50s, discovered that. And I have to say, kind of discovered it when I started doing these podcasts. I wow, discovered my so own voice, cool. you know, through the voices of others. It's funny because I, it began to settle in for me about the same point. I, um, now at, at approaching 70, not quite, got two years to go. I've discovered that I've hit another layer of it and I'm mm -hmm. like going, well, isn't this interesting? You know, you'd think you'd be through this stuff by now, but no, here we no, are again. It's, but it's not just this lifetime. It's all the other uh, lifetimes that we've had that I we're carrying talking, with us, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was talking to a woman who's a forensic astrologer, who's a colleague of mine. and said, look at my chart again. What do you see? She said, oh dear, honey, listen, the first thing I see, and I saw it and told you 20 years ago, and she did is that Chiron is a place in my life where I will desperately long to be a part of a spiritual community. And every time I try it, it will blow up in my face. Okay. So I've quit trying. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. She said, the other thing is, is that you are, you're going to have one last go around with some things that you've resolved, but still need to be looked at from an, an additional perspective. And so I just decided the work is never ending. As right. far as I've come, I'll always have that far to go again. And I said, so what's up with this massive amount of stuff I took on this life? Did I, did I choose Sama Karma for every life I've ever had? She said, uh-huh. I yeah. said, I was joking. She said, I'm serious. No, no, this, as far as I'm concerned, this lifetime this is, is the it. cleansing of the past lifetimes. And uh -huh. for me, this lifetime, as I've been in this, uh, came to this planet many eons ago, I've now stepped back into my meaningful purpose of what I came here to do in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. But I had to release all the other lifetimes of persecution, uh, of suppression. And, yeah. and refined myself in this on my meaningful purpose and step into my own light without worrying about whether it's bright enough for everyone else. Right. Exactly. Those exactly. that are going to see it are those are going to see it. And that's all I need to be there for. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that doggedness, that persistence, when we're talking spirituality, if we pursued the love that pursues us with the mm. same persistence with yes. which it pursues us, yes. it would be a completely different place. Yes. I wouldn't have to worry about somebody's political party. It wouldn't make that much difference. They could have it and it would all be fine. I wouldn't worry that much about my neighbor and his lawnmower. He could mow and it would be fine. I mean, many of the things about which we hold such impassioned judgments yeah. would disappear. But a polarity-based consciousness drives us into thinking good, bad, right, wrong, effective, right. ineffective, all the opposites, instead of looking for the complementarities, which are right. so important. Right. I'm, I'm known now, you know, uh, my son's restaurant, he went away last week and, uh, uh, or the week before, he went over to my daughter to see his little nephew and have some oh, uncle cute. time, which of course he oh, was goo goo gaga, you know, yeah, <laughs> completely yeah. melted. And I was looking after the two pups and the restaurant. And uh, I was there six days a week, four hours a day in the heat. And it's like, I realized this body is quite <laughs> after, not in the heat. I could do it otherwise, but in the heat, no. But everybody knows me as Tyler's mom. And he said, my mom is your mom. <laughs> you know, she's oh, everyone's mom here. You know, she's hot. <laughs> she's here for everyone. And I end up just, you know, how you end up that counseling conversation you have here and the counseling conversation you have there. And it's just, it's what is when it is, right? And it's it, wonderful. And it's a lovely place to be. And then, you know, I go down to my, my little grandson and I, as I said before, we, we had a conversation before he was born of what his purpose is here. And this little boy is only four months old right now. And the smile on his face there's just the joy about him is just such the light about him and how he's united the family in such a beautiful way it's that I can feel everybody stepped into a layer of love now whereas before you know my son was about business and about success and about that and it's like he realizes it doesn't matter how much money his business makes he is the success of the business well it is him the, his restaurant is Tyler right and he realizes that and he thought oh god that's such a burden i said no that's such a compliment that's such a i had compliment. one of those come across today that made me feel the same way it was so interesting um healer reducing crises a few of my it's interesting how it's beginning to catch on here and there and one of my friends who's a realtor in in nashville got a copy for a friend of hers who and she said she was sure that so-and-so had put me up to it and and uh mandy said so this is what I told her. No, this was not Susan's idea. You see, the author's my friend, and she's writing a series of these. She's taught stuff in Hawaii and D.C., written secret stuff, manuals for Caterpillar and Saturn, and trained all their personnel. Great artist, cook, and gardener. Lives robustly, and yet lives very modestly, and is probably the smartest and funniest woman I know. She has a precious gift to offer, and I'm grateful. I will be buying and giving more copies of this and the sequels that follow. Then, oh, there was the J.D. Power gig, and everyone was sure she owned the company because her last name's Power or Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm saving that. Oh, God, you yeah. Know I am. Oh, yeah. You know, I always think, uh, you know, people say, how do you get people to your shows? And I say, well, I have publicists. Um, but most of it comes from referral and mm -hmm. repeat guests, you know, mm -hmm. and the people that come back again. And, um, you know, you look at some people's stories and you think, uh, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're too big. They're too out there. Mm -hmm. And but, you know, when they come to mama's house, you know, they're just one of the kids sharing their stories. Right. And that's the way it is. Yeah. So, no, you know, after nine years of doing this, I'm not 
top 500. I'm not this, I'm not that, but I'm solid, I'm rooted, I'm sturdy. This is, you know, the orchard of wisdom ready for clicking. And it's there with wholesome people who have done the work, who are sharing the progress and realize it's lifelong work, but it doesn't have to be work. It's lifelong discovery. Every That's day exactly you discover right. something else about yourself that you could do, or maybe a habit that oh, you know, one well, I can let that one go, right? But it's if we look at it constantly, it's that self-discovery. If I look, and I'm turning 67 in a couple of months. I look back to when I started this at 57. I do all my own editing. I do everything here, and I, I knew very little about computers when I first started. And at first, somebody else helped me. And then they said, you're on your own. And I had to learn how to do it. And I'm not wired that way. And it was trial and tribulation. And then I look back and I go, okay, if you could do that, what else can you do? We sell ourselves short. We do. By somebody else saying, you can't do. Well, we don't know what we can do until we try it. And we may fail the first time. The first show I did, I pressed all the wrong buttons. It was like a Monty Python skit. Everything went wrong. (laughs) Right. And the woman said, do, do you want, because it was all live. Do you want to continue? I went, can, can only get better. And I would have guests disappearing or me disappearing in the middle of a show. It was a wonderful training ground. We don't know the resilience we have, the abilities we have, that tenacity we have until we're tested. So don't be afraid to test yourself. And it all comes from that inner spark of spirituality that we've each been given. Yes. When did you know that that was really your calling? Was it when you were 50 something? I was 57 when I first started it. The first 13 months I did live shows with someone else. No, no. Um, I mean, your spirituality, not your Oh, my spirituality. No, my spirituality. I was born that way. I was playing with dead people when I was growing up. I was the knowingness person. I could, I could tell my teachers what they needed to know and something they needed to know. I had no idea what I was telling them. It's almost as if there was no, there was no filter between you and the divine knowledge. Not then. The filter came later. Mm-hmm. That was the same thing that happened for me. Lord, I used to get dossiers on things. I'm like mm-hmm. going, no, no, I want the cliff notes, not the dossiers. <laughs> but, you know, I, I come from a part of the country in the, in the United States where there's always a woman who can blow off a ward or, or rub off a fever or, you know, yeah. some, 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 old, some old probably Welsh or Irish or Celtic yeah. or, or something. And so I, I, it's in a sense I came by it honestly, but I always thought it was normal to see, yes. to know when people were going to die. I thought yes. everybody could heal by touching or praying. Right. I thought everybody could, you know, it just seemed ordinary to me. And I, I have to tell you the first time I got kicked out of school very young for doing it, I realized it's not, it's, this is, and then I became a dangerous person. Ah, well, I, I actually got, my mother was a reader as well, and I was a reader, and I, I got us both doing a fundraiser by doing the readings to raise oh, money for good. the school. <laughs> so I stepped into some business act room there. That's um, good. That's really good. We, uh, uh, it was but we're definitely we treated odd, right? Yes. Definitely oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. People drew oh, yes. to us, but at the same time drew away from us. Right. Mm. What might she know? She's she yes. reading my mind. Exactly. I used to have a sign on my desk that said, I can read your mind and you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to go up to someone who's just lost somebody and say, this is a message from your loved one. You know? It's, oh, yes. That's yes, mm. yes, yes. Or to be doing a funeral for someone as I was once. And there was her mother who was in the casket as well as right there at the same time. I was like, yeah. Okay, honey, what have you got to say? Yeah. 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 You know, and it's a, it's a yeah. strange, it's a strange life to live. And, and now, 
But did you feel at peace with that? I felt it was just so part of me that nothing felt odd. It was only as I grew up that other people started making me feel odd about it. That's right. And, you know, especially as a young woman, you know, you're a freak, you're this, you're that. Then you started feeling uncomfortable and questioning everything. But yeah. when growing up, it was just like, well, it's just what I do. I can't help doing it. It's just who I am. And it didn't feel- That was how I felt about it. Yeah, it didn't I mean, feel you know, wrong, like, didn't feel anything. It was other no, people no, opposing it's, that. No, it's- if. You know, this is just, I thought this was the way everybody was. Right, and exactly. Started, but then when and they started calling the me psychotic, <laughs> right, when they started calling me a witch or psychotic, yeah. I got, I got a little nervous. I got noticeably nervous mm -hmm. and, and, uh, was not as able to tuck it in as I would like to have been. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, there was, it was, it was almost for a while too big a gift. And then traveling up and down yeah. the East coast as a reader, yeah, certainly brought that out. And there came a point when it was like, okay, I have to retreat from this, from this level, because it has truly become too dangerous mm -hmm. in terms of other people's perceptions. Yes. And so for me, that started when I was about 35 years old, and I gradually began to turn towards how do I take the giftedness I have as a reader and a healer and make that so that I can affect if chosen more people in less time, which is when I began to speak and train so much because literally when I'm doing a, a program, like I did a keynote for 400 people last week, it's almost as if I see this fabric in front of my eyes that needs to have some, some threads tied up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I'm supposed to do. And it's a very interesting experience, but. And do you find uh, that when you do those talks that you may have some kind of highlights of where you're going to go, but it's literally the vibe of the audience that, that weaves correct. that thread. And, um, you know, what I do when, whenever I've got a crowd to speak with, I have everybody stand up and take three deep breaths and everybody center themselves because I would like to get them as, as much on a cohesive vibe as possible because mm -hmm. then it's easier to read the audience. And then I'm, I'm, I'm on automatic. What comes out of me is a conduit of what needs to come out, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that is as it is for me. I only get nervous when people show me videos and there's this light around my head. I get a little nervous. It's like, yeah. uh-oh, yeah. I got to turn the glow down. I got to turn that glow down a little bit. Um, um, that, actually, now that's the point. Have you found that your cosmic energy for some people has just been too much? Oh, honey, they, all the yeah. time, yeah. all the time. And if, and if I don't manage it, I mean, yes. self-regulation is one thing, but if I, oh, gotta freeze. I don't manage it and I'm upset. Back in, in June, I, my notebook burst into flames at my desk because I was writing a hateful email. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was still angry when I left my office and I walked through the house and I blew out three light bulbs. You know, so for me, and it may be because my surname truly is power it's right. on the birth certificate, but I really, you know, there, I, I am, I, I have always been for almost everyone too much of something. Yeah. Yes. They want you, now, they want you, they want what you've got and then oh, no, you're too much. But I'm, I'm here to make a declaration and I want you to hear it. I am enough just as I am. And I am just enough and let the universe bring to me those who need what I have to exactly. offer and let the ones who don't need what I have to offer, find the people with whom they're meant to be matched. Amen. Yes, 100%. 1 million trillion percent. Mm. Yes. You can only reach those that can hear and see you because those are the ones you're meant to help. Others that, that 
aren't there at that vibrational level, you'll only fry them or scare them. There are other right. people at that level that can help them right. rise up as rise up as they're meant to do. Right. Uh, and that's where I'm at now. It's like, um, you know, I have my shows are, are very, very different layers. You know, mm -hmm. there's the beginning entry where we're going to be talking about energy and this or that. And it's more about what is spirituality? What is energy? Mm -hmm. What are we made of? How do we trust that instinct and that uh, in, in within us? How do we use it? And then, of course, we've got shows like this where we're taking free, cosmic flight. Right? Like free, free ranging chickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going to eat us. <laughs> no, but we're going to peck over a whole lot of that backyard and find every seed and bug we can. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I think it's also don't have an expectation on yourself. You know, um, can you do this? Can you do that? I can do what I'm meant to do. Oh, Lord, That's I used it. to say to people, do I look like the shell answer psychic? Yeah. You remember the shell answer man? Or you might not. It, it, um, in, in the shell gas gasoline company, they used to have the shell answer man ads. And there was always a guy with the shell logo on his on his gray shirt. It was the orange and red logo. And he would answer everybody's questions. And so it's saying, you know, I look like the shell answer psychic to you. <laughs> and it's really been interesting because the more, the less I do, the more I do. Mm. I never, never would have pegged it that way. And never. have you found also what you do, you do in a different way now? Very much so. Yes. I, yes. Um, and I, 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 I may still have the stamina I used to have, but I choose to use my body. Pardon me. Um, I have a, an elderly cat who's just demanding just a little love off well, camera Well, that's because here. all that love you got out there. They want know, to be a part of it, I right? <laughs> I'm surprised uh, I haven't got the cat at the window here. <laughs> where I used to work 12, 15-hour days routinely because I could, and for some reason it proved that I was alive and showed people yes. that I was visible. Um, now I decided, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I get up and I go out in the garden and I take a little walk and come back in, and I might be down at the desk by 8, 39 o'clock. And I'll work until five or six, or maybe I'll take a quick nap. Mm. I no longer have the need to prove that I'm right. superhuman. Yeah. I am superhuman. If you haven't gotten that by now, you probably won't get it. Right. Right. <clears throat> so, you know. yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't get up early. I'm a, um, for me, nighttime is the activity time. And so for me, I like to get up at 10 because those but, right, between right. seven and 10 is when I kind of get my deep sleep. Right, right, that, right then, exactly. Got I'm it. downloading, right? Yes, so. absolutely. And my downloads tend to come between one in the morning and three in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I keep a regular schedule until I feel a download coming on. I, I think it must be sort of what feeling pregnant is like. Mm. I know it's coming. I know I've got to prepare for it. And I know when it comes, it could be messy. Right. Right. You know? And so I. But it I, doesn't you know, have to be painful. No, it doesn't. No, huh? <laughs> No, it, it might be tiresome because it requires more energy than I have. But the other thing I've discovered is that the more physical exercise I get, the easier it is to manage the downloads. It's almost mm -hmm. as if as I've matured, my body needs to be stronger to handle the downloads. And so working out and walking and getting a really strong core um, have not only benefited my joints, which are a little cranky, it's, it's really benefited my spirituality because when I say this, I think it feels like it's going to sound funny. I can tolerate the downloads easier. Yeah. I'm more available to them. And I think my hair is another thing with that. And that's going to sound even funnier. I didn't grow my hair out. It used to be an inch and a half long and spiked. And I was adopted into the Navajo Nation. And they said, we, we love you and we're glad you're here. But there's only one thing we wish. And that is you grow your hair out. And I said, well, why? They said, well, our holy beings 
rely on finding you by your hair. The hair is an extension of the central nervous system. And if you grow your hair out, it's easier for them to see you. Mm. And I said, okay, I can do that. I mean, four grandchildren, four daughters, no, re no responsibilities, just love them. That's, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll do long hair for that. Yeah. And it's been interesting. I have noticed that as my hair has lengthened, I have indeed become more sensitive. Mm. And I wonder, and I began to look up, you know, what about the Samson and Delilah story? How does long hair play? What is, what is kind of that, that spirituality behind long hair? And, I, and there's some interesting studies about snipers in Vietnam, traditional hair, long hair braid and braid versus haircuts. And the injury rates were much lower for the guys that were Native American snipers who were allowed to grow their hair and, and wear it as they chose to. Mm. Um, but my hair, I'm, I'm really stunned by that. And it's as much as I'd like to cut it off because it gets so hot. Um, I, it's interesting to me to see the things that I'm doing both increase my vulnerability, manage my vulnerability, and maybe even decrease my vulnerability in selective ways. Well, Are like you finding falling that? off ladders. Oh, that one, the ladder, it was a two-step step stool. That was just a, another failed attempt at levitation. They tell me it's easy if you just quit believing in gravity, you know. You know just two inches off the ground. <laughs> oh, it's, she's making fun of me all I was on. I have a, a bean trellis that I call the teardrop travel trailer because that's what it looks like. It's made out of pipe. And I, I even built a door and two windows into it. And I was picking beans on it and had to get up on the step stool, which is a two-step step stool. Y'all, I backed right off that thing like it was level ground. And I've landed on the ground with a thud on my back. And I laughed and laughed and laughed because I thought, well, pride goeth before a fall. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I've, it's, it's actually funny, though, because, you know, equilibrium, like we were talked about balance before. Mm. And I went through a phase of two or three years where I would have extremely bad falls. Um, I cracked my nose. I had concussion for a year. Then I fell mm. again and did the same thing. And uh, I've always had... Um, and in a balance problem, you know, not just the Libra problem, but the balance problem um, through high fevers when I was young. So some ear problems. But I have noticed since I moved to Victoria three and a half years ago, where the, the soil is just so much more conducive to me, the air, the trees, the water, the breeze. It's just really very good for me that um, my balance has been much better because I'm also completely more at one with what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and the way I'm doing it than than I was before because I was I was in chaos and so I think you know balance when we if we are off balance if we are getting those twisties as we talked about that it is it is a time to kind of indicate of re-looking at your life and what's causing mm -hmm. that and mm -hmm. and uh, you know to take yourself out of that vulnerability that's just going to cause you to flop over all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, these are indicators and we don't always pay attention to indicators, but we should. No, no because it's easy to think, oh, I'm just clumsy or I'm yeah. being stupid today. And, you know, if, if life is in chaos around you and if your life has had chaos in it, your brain remembers these things and it learns to dampen down your ability to speak without stumbling and your ability to walk without falling and your ability to do math and your ability, to, yeah. your cognition and your emotions. It does all of those things in a protective, well-meaning kind of way. But when you find place and place brings blessing, whether it's physical place or vocational place, then suddenly your brain doesn't need the trauma twisties as much. Right. Yeah, It can let yeah. go of them. Yeah. Which and you good. kind of wonder, you know, about Simone with all the pressure on her and, and all, all that was going on for her, if these twisties were not brought along because of all that stress and just added well, to it. So, 
Yeah, and, and she has the added disadvantage of structural racism. Yeah. Yes. To be a black woman, we always expect more of black women. We under we undercut their pain. We undercut yes. we undercut the difficulties they face just because of the melanation of their skin. Yeah. Certainly in this country. Right. Yeah. Yeah, as my eighty eight year old landlady says, you know, it's just a pigment of her skin. What the hell is wrong with everybody? You well, know? yeah, you know, and, and yet it is just a pigment in our skin and, and 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 as we move further and further away from a terrifying colonial history, it may be mm. easier. But the history of colonization, yes. both in north of the in, in your country and in mine, mm. um, people carry the epigenetic impact of that. And so race becomes far more than melanation, yeah. it becomes culture. It becomes experience. It becomes specific patterns of oppression mm -hmm. that tell you that you can't be visible, that you can't be seen, right. that you don't count. What the heck is there in trauma except being told over and over and over again, you don't count, you can't be seen. You're disposable. Yeah. Yes. And you add that to structural racism and suddenly you've got a potent and challenging blend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of the 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 white opulence of the past is over you know we now have to share we have to share this planet with that all gone the beautiful abundance of color and cultures and races and you know look upon it as a, as a wonderful buffet and every culture brings their feast to the table what delights you're going to share what beautiful cultures are in each one of those dishes how much we're going to learn about each other about ourselves through this you know again take it let's take the fear ingredient out of it let's take the entitlement ingredient out of it the opulent ingredient out of it and let's put community in there which is the smokers board of beautiful dishes and share with one another and what a beautiful happy belly we would end up with i agree and let's begin to celebrate the values that are afrocentric and indigenous rather than yeah. european Yes. Not that our values have been the best we've had until now, but when you begin to really look at it in terms of health and development, community over individual, yeah. Collaboration over over coercion and competition. Yes. Competition in the right place, yes, but not the way we've lived it. No. And no. all of those values that focus on we over me are much mm -hmm. more valuable in every culture. And we've gone so far into the me first um, and me too and me, my, mine and my truth that we have lost a lot of the perspective that may have been even more helpful to us. I think a lot of the problem too is, is that as white people, we realize we're part of the history and that a lot of the culture that we took as norm, we're realizing it was wrong and we're having to realize that things that we may say or things that we may do oh, yeah. are totally unintentional but have been doctrined in our language in our persona and we need to take a step back and go okay anything that could be deemed derogatory or demeaning in any way needs to change and we need to take ownership of that right yeah, and it's you know, not a shame and blame it's just an awareness and an awakening mm -hmm. yeah and it's 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 a hard balance to find to be able to be an effective ally without becoming patronizing. Yeah. You know, the people with disabilities movement has gone through this and it still is. Mm -hmm. uh, the, lunacy, the lunacy movement's gone th is going through this now, the madness movement, the, the, the movement of, of queer, queerishness is going yeah. through this. It's, 
how do we how do we speak with respect towards each other and maintain some some sense of something? I have trouble with the pronouns they, them, and theirs because they're plural. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know if, if they are coming to dinner, how many do I cook for? Right. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and if, if they are, if they, if, if that's I'm, why a potluck if, is good. I love potluck. Yeah, <laughs> I love I potlucks. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's steeped in me linguistically that, yes. that, you know, I don't want to use it, but it is at least singular. I, I would therefore have to include myself in the idom. He and she are singular. I need a singular pronoun that, that is it used to be, I think Tur was the last one I used, mm. T-E-R, um, you know, only because how do we, how do we have a singular and plural pronouns if everybody's they, them, or theirs? And as a person who's been dissociative and called a person with multiple personalities, it gets yeah. even squirrelier. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what race, what culture, what color we are. If we're not part of the bland, we are strange and we're going to be persecuted. You and I, both blue-eyed, gray-haired white people have had our own persecution for our spirituality or even for mm -hmm. just being a woman, right? right? Oh, yes. And so, we, you know, it, it's, it is not to say that one is worse over the other. It's that some are more obvious. And, and you know... And systemic, it's, it's yeah. Systemic. And the thing is, is that let us look at each other as as I do. I look at everybody from the heart and the soul of them and the character of them. I don't care what package they're in. That's their package. That's the beautiful flavor they bring to the table. But that it doesn't mean um, the black I'm going to like them, the white I'm going to like them. It's got nothing to do with it. I look at the heart and soul of a person. And if that heart jumps out of me and that soul jumps out of me and that spirit jumps out of me, I don't care what package you come in. Polka dot, I don't care, right? It's because that's yeah. what I'm relating to. If we could stop treating each other from the exterior and start looking at the interior, I think we would find it so much easier to embrace each other. We might, and then we, would, we might miss something though. There's something about the outward and visible signs that alert us to the possibility of cross-cultural experiences. Mm -hmm. But that, that experience is also with the inside of a person. The heritage, like Native Indian heritage, is very much steeped in who they are from the inside out. Everybody's got a culture in their spirit that will come out. And, you know, it's talk to a blind man. They can talk the truth about people so much better because they're not seeing, right? Because they're hearing. We're not hearers. We're not listeners. We see and judge. We don't listen to learn and feel and feel one another. If we could feel one another, we'd feel that culture. And then, oh, yes, the skin is obvious. Or your hair, I love the way you do your hair, what you wear, or this or that. We, we see that. But that, for me, should be on the back of the plate, not at the front of the plate. I just want it smeared all over the plate, girl. I want it everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it everywhere. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an it's an interesting thing, and yet what we all need and what we all want is recognition, yes. affection, acceptance, and love. I had a young woman on a little while ago who is both black and white, and she said all the way through her life, "What am I, black or my white?" And eventually, she realized, "I'm brown. I'm both. I'm both cultures." And the work that she went into is to go into businesses and institutions and talk the language of brown. 
and not of black and white. How to really address the different cuts, um, dialogues that need to change, rephrasing that needs to happen, because most people do want to change that, especially in business industry because they don't want to offend it's just mm -hmm. they don't know I'm like what should i say what do i say i don't want to offend anyone and everybody becomes scared so yeah. if we're willing to learn we can change there's skills that we just don't have practice in yet no it's like adding those tiny little choices stack on stack on stack to the other side of my scale mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah uh and, you know i've i love the spirit of people you know and and to see the spirit in life all around us and we could step into that joy. If we could look at things like kindness and caringness and mm -hmm. joy, mm -hmm. if we could look at heart and compassion in that collaboration and that community, if we could use those words as the way to address each other, to see each other, to meld with each other, you know, I think what a beautiful community we would all live in, a cosmic community. Um, we are scratching the surface of it. The changes are happening, right? More and more, you and I speak out about this. To some people who've listened here today, we're talking about things they haven't thought about before. Um, a different perspective, a different wake-up call, a different a shift in, in knowledge. Um, all we can do is plant the seeds and keep watering them, keep nurturing them. Aren't we all them. gardeners? We're we all are all gardeners. gardeners. We yeah. are. And just let it grow. You know, let it grow with love. It's not to dictate how it grows, but if you if you constantly are nurturing with love, with that water of love, with that right heart sunshine on it, it's going to grow in the way it should grow. And, you know, maybe we should get out of the dictation of what it should be instead of just concentrating on what we could do at the root level. I think you're right. I think I think that the more that we can. I don't, I don't know. There's, I think I have, you know, there's some expectations that may be helpful to us. Mm -hmm. The bulk of them, if we could suspend those and if we could suspend our judgments, we can always have them. Yeah. Can I suspend them? I mean, if somebody really wants to order calves liver and onions at, at a restaurant that serves them, I won't stop them. But generally speaking, I don't expect to be around that. I don't really like yeah. that. I don't really want that. And I'm not sure I understand why people eat that. Right. If I can suspend all of that noise and just say, huh, liver and onions. Okay. That's what they're ordering. Yeah. I can, I can enjoy them enjoying it if it's yes. good and I hope it will be, yeah. you know, and, and, but I, I have become sometimes such a fearful old crone as we all do that it is so hard for me not to pick up that phone and say, I want you to do what I want you to do because yeah. it'll make me feel better when you do it. Yeah. And I rankle when I see that. Do I rankle at myself when I find myself doing that? How often am I willing in the pursuit of, of, of love to suspend should, could, mm -hmm. should, got to or else, have to, better or else, change instead of choice, the famous butt that I'm sitting on with only one yes. T. <laughs> um, how often am I willing to suspend those things and set them aside in a place where they can feel safe? While I expand the love, I, I've tried fighting with them. Fighting right. with them only makes them bigger. Exactly. I might as well love them and set them aside and let's say your time. I appreciate how you've helped me in the past. Take a rest. You've earned it. Yeah. Let me think about these things. You'll still be there. They won't take your place. And then I just change the size of the real estate. Yeah. 
I mean, all we can be is that beacon of love and light. And when people are ready, remember, they find the teacher when they're ready. And when that's they right. come to you, that's their free will. That's and now, right. uh, and if we get out of head and come from heart and soul, what we impart for them is what the heart and soul is need to know. Because yes. if the heart and soul receives it first, the brain will acknowledge it. If we go to the brain first, the heart and soul sometimes is missed out because they're too busy trying to analyze it. Yeah. yeah. So speak to the heart and soul. Ignite. This is why this show is called Ignite Your Heart and Soul. When we speak to the heart and soul and we ignite that spirit within them, the head will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And that's wisdom. That's wisdom instead of just knowledge. Girl, that's like taking a propane torch to a brush fire. It sure will get it going fast. <laughs> yes, it will. And the kind of fire we want, right? The kind of flame of love that we really want. And may, we, is, may we ignite the brush fire of love in your heart today. Yes, exactly. And the thing is, I think what, you know, I mean, what both you and I at our sweet um, young age of our 60s is to, to understand that all we can be is that mm -hmm. heart, soul, love. All we can be is available for you when you're ready. All we can be is what we're doing to enlighten you. But again, here's the feast. If you're willing, not willing to partake, you're not going to get anything. If you're willing to partake, we don't say you have to eat everything at the table. Start with one dish. Let it fill your stomach with joy. Come back and try another one. We're here for you when you're ready. But you've got to be ready because if you're not, you're not going to hear us. You're not going to feel us and you're not going to be able to embrace what we have. And there's something for you wherever you, wherever you go. Yes. If, if this is, if you, if you listen to this and it leaves a taste like library paste in your mouth, you know, it's just a sound to turn another direction. It's one of those redirects we were talking about. It's not that you're on the wrong path or the right path. It is that this is some this that there's something else for you somewhere that is going to be stronger and more powerful and more palatable. Find it. We'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. My words and my life will live on a long time. Right. And the thing is, we might only be the first step. That's and right. off they go and they're going to find others on that journey of life that fulfills right. their backpack full of wisdom, ready for them when they're at that crossroads where they need that knowledge. Right. That's exactly right. So, you know, it's, you've, you know, you've got people, you know, number one bestseller, uh, you know, the only, and, you know, when I see the only one size fits all, well, we all know that doesn't work, <laughs> you know, and it's just be yourself. I mean, that's the greatest mm -hmm. advice we could give to anyone, even if you're in your dysfunctional self, be dysfunctional right now and know that you're dysfunctional. Know that your life is full of chaos. It's got the twisties. And stop apologizing for it because the nice thing about chaos is that you always make new discoveries in it. I mean, exactly. Exactly. How thing. do you make order out of chaos? You know, paying attention right. to the chaos. Right. Yeah. yeah. The more you hate where you are, the more you're stuck there. Yes. And the more you persecute yourself, the more you, you, you are going to stay there. You will never find a way out because you're too busy beating yourself up. Acknowledge it. You know, I'm screwed up right now i'd like to get unscrewed unraveled what do i do and mm -hmm. that's when you start you know i go into a bookstore there's a book that jumps out at me i've got 2800 podcasts here there's a podcast ready to talk to you right well wow. be willing to explore 
listen and learn and let it penetrate and it's not going to hit you the first time you're going to need a few tastes of that dish before you acclimatize to that palate right mm -hmm. oh yes oh yes absolutely i have to put the fan on i'm boiling <laughs> <laughs> oh honey it's getting hot in the kitchen you sure gonna jump ship now <laughs> just you can't stand the heat stay out of the kitchen that's what just they put say the fan on and then the heat okay goes all right Good for you. where's my funereal fan <laughs> um you know i think this is the the thing that we need to look at in life is that it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to go i come from dysfunction it's okay to say my life is in chaos it's okay to say that was a wrong choice but you know it's look at where you're at and go okay this is where i'm at what can i do what step can i do what step am i willing to do to start unraveling and don't look like it's going to happen like our previous show on on chaos and and crisis you know and the books that you're writing you know it's not about you know the having all the answers right now it's about willing to explore the problem so you can start seeing what solutions you have to it. And there is always a solution. So your book, Healer, Reducing Crisis, right? And the whole work that you do in reducing crisis, we're all in a crisis of some sort, but we can reduce that. Even in our harmony, there's always chaos around us. And we can get used to having less of it. I mean, I yes. think it really is. If there are some people for whom the only answer might be therapy and medication, right. for many, 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 many of us, including some of us who've done a lot of that, yeah. the three skills that we teach in Healer Reducing Crisis are the foundations. Mm -hmm. They're the things that if we learn when we are very, very small in a place where we are able to learn them, life is a lot easier for us. Yeah. And I, I don't know too many people who get the struck blind on the road to Damascus miracle that Paul got, if you'll pardon me for using a traditional analogy here. Most people have to make little choice on little choice. Yes. yes. The thing is, is if we know that being able to manage our feelings is so critical and it not only helps us with our friends and our social lives, frankly, for me, learning how to self-regulate, even though I still fall off the wagon sometimes, yeah has helped me manage my spirituality. Yes. It's made me a better channel. Yeah. And learning to look at those inner connections that I can call on when I'm feeling wiggy or when I've got the trauma twisties. Yes. To remember the people that are sturdy that stand there with me and for me. To remember when I look across my office at all the stories and all the things that people, that, that text I got. Yes. To look at those and to let myself feel the good feelings that come up. It doesn't necessarily stop the despair that I run into periodically, mm -hmm. but it sure makes it more tolerable. Yeah. And then looking at my strengths, I don't know if your if your audience knows this, but if you go out to um, authentichappiness.com, authentichappiness.com, positive psychology is the one thing that's given me a great deal of hope lately um, because they're looking for the good things. They, they're, those are assessments that are being normed and reliable to find out what are your strengths? What are your leadership characteristics? What are the positive things about you that you can begin to fortify yourself with so that you can face the things that are uncomfortable? Right. I, this just makes sense to me and yes. always has. And that's what we try to do with everything we do in healer reducing crises is help people equip themselves with sense-making tools that makes it easier to go through the discomfort of expanding the self. 
and you know you're not going to please everybody and yeah. uh, some people you're going to make feel uncomfortable just by your presence some yes. people you can turn the volume up on because they're ready to receive it some you've got to dampen it down that right. doesn't mean you're any less uh, it doesn't mean that you're a problem it just means in that company they can't take the higher vibration so come at that lower frequency not low low but you know turn it down a bit so that it doesn't become too much and then maybe that frequency is something they can travel um please don't beat up on yourself i can't i've done enough of that for a few lifetimes right it'll, <laughs> it's, give you, it'll only give you carpal tunnel and, right. and rotator cuff tendonitis. yeah and concussion <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So, you know, uh, being there, done that, done it enough for a number of you. All right. So, yeah. And, you know, what I'm finding so absolutely wonderful is seeing how many 30 year olds now are going, you know, I know the, you know, my own kids going through some past traumas um, because they came from a dysfunctional relationship. And um, so they're going through those past traumas and they're not putting it at blame and shame. They're understanding where the triggers are. They're understanding where the anger comes from. They're understanding why that has such an effect on them and therefore healing it, letting it go. And see, we would be helping them learn how to make their own positive triggers. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we would, I mean, it's the thing is, is every single thing that we see that comes about as a result of trauma, the, the tendency to be reminded of difficult, overwhelming, negative events at the drop of a hat. Guess what? You can build being positively affected by events at the drop of a hat if you choose to yes and, and it's simple just like ones. The people at the yeah simple yeah the ones. folks at the olympics they could never have gotten this far if they hadn't developed those positive triggers along with their painful reviews of their tapes of what they've just how they've just right. performed and you know can you imagine being that high diver who who just walked off the board bless her heart um it was terrifying i mean she she was she just her her rhythm was off and she did a total flop <sighs> and she was favored yes and to look at that must be the most embarrassing and difficult thing of her life but her response says well there's there's always next year yeah i did i did i did the best i could my timing was off it was a mistake i'm going to do a retake yeah exactly and you know look at the look at the athletes with one hundredth of a second miss out on a, on a medal and it's None. like you know as far as i'm concerned you, you've got the medal for giving your best and and then there were there were the guys who came in at the same time and decided to share it right i don't know that one which one is that one uh oh gosh it was uh pole vaulting oh wow good yeah. for them bravo yeah. and then That's then there were the fellows in the, in the track in one of the track events who were both well thought of who fell and who helped each other to the finish line now that's compassion. I mean, there are there are extraordinary acts of kindness yes. being shown at the Olympics. Yeah, that, that we, kind of medal for that compassion. Just right, like and we missed the own. fact, right, that Simone Biles, who's been reviled by a good number yeah. of people, helped one of her helped her teammates prepare and win medals, mm -hmm. even after she'd made the difficult decision that she was not physically able, mm -hmm. in terms of her safety, because of what was going on in her head, right. for whatever reason, she still helped them win. Yes. She showed leadership, not cowardice. Right. And she shows it to herself internally as well. And that's yeah. what's critical. As with that's also what's so healing that. for her too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, any country that looks upon their athletes um, that have fallen, you know, and as the shame and blame, you've let your country down, shame on them. 
because anybody that is there that's given their best uh, under extraordinary circumstances um, and they've given their all and maybe their all was not what it was meant to be that day yeah. it doesn't matter they've given their all let us congratulate them for that because look at the years and years and years of preparation to get there yeah that's the olympic spirit the olympic spirit spirit is not petty or tyrannical um it's interesting to see how the how they're how the games are playing out this year and what life lessons it brings us especially yeah. in spirituality yeah being held in a country that is so old and has such a long history of spirituality in different ways although the japan and china are are enemies to each other to see the threads of the of the belief systems of buddhism loving yeah. kindness in particular showing up in so many ways is remarkable it's we remarkable. had the Olympics here in 2010, the Winter Olympics, and I remember right. being down on Robson Street and there were like three coffee bars in one corner. And you would see like the Russians and the Americans hugging each other in the same, you know, from the same thing. And it's just like when they compete, it's on it's on the field, so to speak. And when afterwards, it's that they were all Olympians. They all That's understand correct. the gift of being an Olympian and they were all there patting each other on the back and this and that great run, great this, great that. And it was that, that spirit of that camaraderie that was just intoxicating. It was beautiful to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how we should be as human beings, folks. If we stepped into that camaraderie and that compassion of wanting to push each other or help each other up when we fall, if we could show that, we would realize we're all gold medal winners. <laughs> right? They would all be in a better place. I mean, it's very easy it when would. I got sent a video today that I mistakenly opened and it was just full of hate. And I, I, I don't think I even gave it 30 seconds and it was enough. It was just enough to shatter me. And, and it was just the venom coming out of this. And it was, you know, anti-Facebook and anti-vaccine and anti-everything else. And I'm so sick of the, the antis. And it's like, if all, if you could give me something rational and logical of why you feel that way, you know, your, your proof behind it, then I will listen. But if you're spewing, vomiting, hate. Watch out now, you're becoming anti-anti. I know, I know. It gets me riled up. It does. Well, I have got to take to a big long walk. Yes, I switched it off and put something cute on, like animals. <laughs> it always warm my heart. And yeah, that's another thing you see. You know, animals suddenly becoming mothers to other species of their babies because the mother died. And you know, odd animals that should. What if they've be been together. doing this all along? Oh, well, they have. We just have only been capturing it by camera now. And, 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 you know, the sexiest people in the world are those that rescue animals and children, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's easier to get in a home to rescue an animal than it is to get in a home to rescue a child. I know. Oh, I know. It's, it's horrific. I've, I've actually got one tomorrow on, on a child that went for a foster home. And, and it was, I've got a book series coming up on the Forgotten Children series where people are contributing a chapter to, you know, to the situation of how we are letting our children down and you know we we have to expect a dysfunctional society because look at the way we're raising our children and you know we've got to rethink this right down to the very core to the very stem we have to it will take this. generations it will unfortunately i mean unfortunately we can't just stop everybody from having children for a period for time out while we figure out how yeah. to do this better 
No, we can no, just hope I mean, that, you know, that, that the more we pour love and, and ignite that love and, and soul in each of, of our young people, of our millennials and younger, that they will then pour it into their children. But yeah, it's going to be a long time, you know. We may not be around to see it, love, but we'll watch. <laughs> we'll send our light. <laughs> That's exactly right. From yeah. my stardust to your stardust, let's yes. do it. Yes, a lot of sprinkle of dust going to be going on. <laughs> and I think you. Yes. <laughs> I think this is actually what, you know, when we think about that, that is actually what we're getting from the universe right now. We're getting a lot of beautiful, loving stardust coming down. Uh, how many well, people are waking up being conduits now and channelers that never knew they were before? You know, it's, it's just so many more people are opening up to that. And it, it's not in mainstream media, so we don't know how much it is. But again, doing all of these shows for all of these years, how many people have woken up to that divine meaningful purpose and it's beautiful to see the other thing is how many of us have been out looking at the perseids lately sorry this is the perseid the perseids meteor shower right mm -hmm. peaks on the 11th of august right and it's a wonderful time to be out looking at the meteors and looking at the, that that are the shooting stars that we're seeing that are literally bringing literally and symbolically more stardust to us mm and seeing how those fit in. I mean, they're, it's just an amazing thing. I've been out a couple of nights in my backyard and seen five or six different mm. shooting stars, which have such, they are considered on the one hand, auspicious in a good way and auspicious in another way. Uh, it's, it's just fascinating to see how we are beginning to shower ourselves differently. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, it, um, if we, if we could just, go back to simple nature you know the the beauty and the simplicity and the complexity that is so simple and so logical and mm -hmm. um, we look at how everything is integrated with energy it's all about that positive energy it's all about those good 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 vibrations and mm -hmm. uh, many years ago my show's music was good vibrations until i wasn't allowed to have it anymore but yeah. you know but good 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 vibrations and that's yeah, really yeah. what it's about because yeah. step into the good vibrations uh, and for me that's why music is so important because it does change the frequency of the uh -huh. of our heart and soul mm -hmm. and the way we think so mm -hmm. we need to find that something that is our sanctuary our space that we go to that you know kind of resets us that calms us that centers us and where we can then come back out and look at things in a different way because if we feel our, our wobblies or you know we feel that there's something that's kind of shattered us go somewhere where you know is healing for you and only you know what that is mm -hmm. right but somewhere that's healing for you that will reset you so that you can come back out again and better that's balance. right and, you know, some of the ways I encourage people to think about it is, are you an iguana or are you a salamander? Do you need dry heat or do you need cool, warm, cool, wet? Right. I'm a salamander. <laughs> um, so when I think of myself as a salamander, then I ask people to think about, do you need company or do you need solitude? Yes. And then when you begin to ask yourself the questions along those axes, you begin to realize, where do I need to go? Is it a time in your life when you can fiscally afford to take off or do you need to stay put? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I need to stay put and there are select state parks that I can drive to and I can take a hike in and I can find my salamander spot. Yeah. And so looking at all, you know, or is this something where this is purely an inside, inside job and I need to go into my heart yeah. and do the work? Yeah. And can I do that where I'm physically sitting, you know, so it's an interesting thing when you're looking at how do you help people do that? Right. 
and, and discover what it is that does it. You know, if I'm sitting, headphones on, it's music. If I can get out, it's right by the ocean with a beautiful breeze and the sea air, you know, coming up and just blowing everything away. Clarity, just, just you know, everything kind of coming to the surface and all that's not serving being blown away and mm -hmm. seeing the trees rustle and speak to me. That's really re resets me. But we all know what it is. We all know what it is that brings us joy. And we, it is good for us to go and spend more time there. It is. It absolutely is. How can you resist spending time in joy? Only if you're terrified of, of joy's presence in your life. And if that's the case, give yourself credit for being willing to look at that. Yeah. Look at it in the eyes, smile at it and say, I'll take in as much as I can. Thank you. And I'll walk away from the banquet when I've had all I can tolerate. And the next time you come back, you'll be able to tolerate more. Yeah, bit by bit. Life is bit by bit. We didn't get where we are by taking the group mm -hmm. huge leaps, not without falling, right? And right. having to get back up. It is uh, that wonderful gradual embracement and absorption. You know, as human beings, we can only absorb so much at a time. And, uh, you know, here, here's my beautiful ocean that comes up, my epitome of wow, water, there you go. Yeah. trees and yeah. breeze. <laughs> the place I would love to be. Whoops. Yep, you're there. Um, that's yeah, this is, you know, what feet in the water and the breeze in my hair and just, ah, yes, lovely. Um, we, we all got that place. We know what it is. And you're, I'm too busy. No, take time, make time. Because if you don't, <clears throat> time will take you. That's exactly right. You're either, you're either, you either, do you remember those old invisible collars, invisible leashes for dog, invisible dog leashes? They were a wired leash. They had a wire all the way down the leash and all the way around the collar. And you'd walk around with an empty collar. No. You were walking your invisible dog. I don't know those ones, though. Okay. Well, I'll see if I can find one and send it to you. But they were quite the thing here a long time ago. And I always used to think sometimes my emotions were on the back end of that leash. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I was on the back end of that leash. Mm. And the more I began to, to realize my emotions are powerful and they're valuable. Yes. But the more I began to get on the back end of the leash so that I could walk them and exercise them and feed them and care for them, mm -hmm. the less likely they were to jump me like that. Right. Yeah. 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 There is always solutions. There is always answers, whether it's an itty bitty or a lot. It's there is always something out there that's going to help you move forward when oh, yeah. you are willing to participate Absolutely. and partake. Right. Absolutely. We do not have to stay in the pain. Uh, having no. said that, how do people, I invite people please to go back and listen to the other show where we do talk more about, um, you know, reducing the crisis. How do people get hold of your book? How do people get hold of you? You are so kind. Thank you so much. You can go to thehealerseries.com, thehealerseries.com for the book. And if you'll go to elizabethpower.com, you can reach out to me there, or you can email me at info at T-I-A-T-R-S dot com. And of course, you're on Facebook, Elizabeth Power oh, on Change. Yes, yes I'm on Facebook, Elizabeth Power on Change, and I'm on Twitter, ePower953. I'm around. I'm right. generally around. And you've got a podcast I'm, coming up sometime in the future. I do have a podcast coming up in the future, The Power of the Healing the Power Garden, which will be talking about issues of healing and power. And I'm very excited about it. 
and I'm hard at work on our new book on uh, claiming co on context, frame reframing, and then the third one on claiming culture. And I'm so excited to say we just launched today. I'm sorry, I've been looking down, but I've kind of been watching to see what's happening. Um, we are turning on our new tra the traumainformedacademy.com site today, which gives people access to over 130 lessons. Mm. We've got about 50 of them up right now, delivered one a week to help you take a look at the things that are important in recovering from trauma and boosting your emotional intelligence which brings you better relationships, better success at work, more money, more happiness, and more, more. So there. Yeah. yeah. And let's face it, there's virtually nobody walking this earth that hasn't at some time gone through some form of trauma. Yeah. Gaslighting, domestic violence, yeah. being bullied, uh, natural disaster, car wreck, physical stuff. Parents divorcing, somebody dying. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. even having to move around a lot, constantly changing friends, there's always something mm -hmm. there. And we don't realize how it sits there and festers mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. we face it and release mm -hmm. it. Yes, yes. While the world conspires to keep us separated, all we crave is connection. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. One of, one of my wonderful uh, guests uh, did a lovely song, uh, One Million Hugs. You know, and she called it the COVID recovery song, One Million Hugs. We just all just want to get out there and hold each other heart to heart, right? That connection on, you know how it, it feels when something you love or just that hug in your arms and how it feels? Oh, yes. <laughs> hug, hug. Please, hug, 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 hug. And please, please wear a mask when you're close to each other and make sure you've been vaccinated. Yes. The Delta variant is a tough one. Yeah. And in part, one of the reasons... It is so tough. Folks may not understand how viruses work, but the fact that most of us got vaccinated, but not all of us got vaccinated, mm -hmm. gave this virus an opportunity to mutate and become even more dangerous. Yeah. It is as it is as contagious as chickenpox, moms. Right. Chickenpox. Yeah. yeah. And as deadly or even more deadly than that. And it's, it's also hitting the young. You know, as the young folks, yes. oh, I'm young, I'm fine. If I get it, I'll be over it. But no, it's literally killing well, the young now. It's also uh, the number, the 10th cause of death in children under under 12, children who are too young to get vaccinated. Mm. And and I, I understand why people have been hesitant to get vaccinated. I really do. Some of it is just a lack of knowledge. Some yeah. of it is in sheer individualism. Um, some of it is is nobody's going to tell me what to do, which You're is right. back to sheer individualism. But it's time to think about your neighbors. It's yes. time to think about the respect that we're and the disrespect we're giving medical providers. Mm. You know, I remember polio. And when polio came around, we all lined up and took our vaccines. And we did it knowing that there might be problems with them and knowing right. that there might be some long-term risks because anything beat an iron lung. Right. And it's time to step up and do the same thing. Well, There's when we no, look at the facts, you know, of those that have been vaccinated around the world on how the numbers have gone down and where the numbers have gone up, they've gone up amongst people who are not vaccinated. Right? Yes. The other horrifying news that we need to keep in mind is that those of us who've been vaccinated may also carry the Delta variant and give it to others, which is mm -hmm. why we need to mask up. Yeah. Um, the safest way to live temporarily, and I have to say I'm really grateful because my asthma and allergies have been a lot better, is mm. to wear a mask. 
you know, um, it's it's not going to kill us. It's not going to affect our breathing. Most of the people say it affects their breathing. Just don't want to wear a mask. I understand that. But you know what? You're my neighbor yeah. and I love you. Yeah. And if I love you, then I need to be as protective of your health as I am of my own. I mean, look at the flu season last year. You know, it went down because twofold. One, masks. And the other, people stayed home. And how in the last 20 years, I don't care if you're sick, you're coming to work. And then everybody gets the flu and it disrupts the entire work thing. When now it's like, you're sick, stay home. We don't want you, get better. And now we're not seeing that spread. And I think when right. it comes to flu season, back to mandatory masks, most certainly in the workplace, if you're working back in the workplace. And if somebody shows any signs of sickness, home. I think it can make us either a much meaner or a much better society and mm. culture. It can make us much meaner if we use that as an opportunity to keep firing people, although people are firing themselves a lot these days and some are choosing not to go back to work. You know, we've got the eviction crisis coming up because oh, yes. the moratorium ran out and there are so many jobs and people are unwilling to work in crappy workplaces right. that are really, really awful. And you know what? It's about time. Well, that's what they're saying. They're going to have to pay more. They're going to have to make uh, workplaces better. There are so many people saying, I don't want to come back to work. I don't have to. I can work from home just as well. And the whole workplace has been shaken up and shifting right now. And that's okay as long as it's for the better. Right, right. And, and you know, human nature being what it is, there'll be moments when it's probably not. Right. And also, you know, we seem to love resistance, but I keep saying resistance is futile. You know, we, the flow is taking us this way. And if you want to go up against the wind in your face all the time, then, you know, you're going to get blown over at some point. Girl, so. mm, my mama used to say that if reincarnation was a reality, I must have been a salmon that didn't get to swim upstream. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. We're certainly having problems with that. With the drought, there is no water for them to swim up at the present yeah, moment. Man, so. I tell yeah. You. Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, the, that's another story, you know, when we look at our planet, we're so disrespectful of mama and I don't blame mama kicking our butts because we have taken her for granted for so long. And if we can have respect, not only for ourselves, for each other, and most certainly for this beautiful planet that she's given us, you know, harmony is achievable, but it, you have to work on it. You have to participate and you have to stop just thinking of I, me and myself and start looking at as how as I, my instrument, can come to the orchestra of life and create harmony. You know, it's a it's a funny thing because I think I think it is challenging to think about the fact that the robin in my backyard is as deserving of life as I am. How yes. dare I poison the soil? Yeah. Mm. Um, the, my plants. I, I'm a murderer. I eat, and mm -hmm. if I eat, beans die, tomatoes die, onions die, mm -hmm. carrots die. Everything I eat must. I kill everything I eat. Mm -hmm. And when we begin to look at the circle of life as being that large, as mm -hmm. difficult as it is, even that, my respect for those things, my respect for other people influences my respect for my planet. My willingness to look at the life cycle that minutely, that even the sow bug or the pill bug that's actually a shrimp in, in a shrimp in a costume, um, that rolled the roly poly. Even that little creature serves a tremendously yeah. important purpose. Why would I want to make my yard sterile of insects? Yeah. 
who am I hurting? I'm hurting everything else that uses that yard for its life. The ecology is brilliant. If you look at the entire system, whether it's annoying to us or not, and I admit mosquitoes are annoying, but oh, yeah. when you look at it, it's all got a reason. The complexity of it and the simplicity of that complexity is just utterly amazing. And who are we to interfere with it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely right. We, I remember my mother back in the 70s. I didn't really understand the significance of the book until maybe two or three years ago. My mother gave me a copy of Rachel Carson's Silent Spring as soon as it came out. And I think, as I think back now, I make up that it was my mother trying to find a connection with me because we were very disconnected. And I, I didn't understand it. I just didn't understand what in the heck that woman was talking about. And I woke up about a year ago, maybe two years ago, realizing, oh, my God, Rachel Carson was talking about there being no birds. Mm. hmm there being no insects, mm-hmm. there being no frogs. Mm-hmm. And when I, when that realization hit me some, what, 40, 50 years later, uh, and it, where we was, are right now. it was revolutionary because it caused me to choose to make my garden and my yard a place where all creatures are welcome. Yeah. I hate, I say this with gritted teeth and bated breath, even the feral cats that sometimes eat the birds. Right. We've done this, not the cats. It's not It's not their fault. I'll do my best to make a cat-resistant or cat-safe place for them to fly and to eat. Mm-hmm. But how can I be that mad at the bird, at the cats? They didn't ask to be here. Right. You know, that's irresponsible owners that chose not to get them neutered and spayed and then turn them out. Right. You know, so I, I think that that, I think, I think that one thing of that book so many years ago, Oh, and the, and the impact of what it meant came to you at a time when you were ready to receive it, right? That's, you know, and understand it is, you know, just because something was revealed to you at a time that you didn't quite get doesn't mean you dismiss it. It's put it on the back burner. One day that will be, ah, now I get it. It stayed there that long. Mm-hmm. It stayed there that long. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think if we each took the opportunity to spend even five minutes in just focusing on love mm-hmm. and compassion for the for each other and the planet all at once that meta meta meditation that the buddhists do five minutes on seeing the planet green and healthy and 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 the rain coming and 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 watering the earth and the plants growing and giving off yes. you know a sucking up i think if we just saw those things and lived in the glory of them saw them whole instead of injured, I think we'd be a lot better off. Yes. You know, sometimes Facebook goes, what would you like, you know, what's the one thing you would wish for, for the world? And, you know, for me, it's, it's always everybody knows love because simply if everybody understood love, they would understand what a gift it is, what a responsibility it is, what a treasure it is and what energy it is in every single living thing in this entire universe. So it may be corny, but love does make this world go around. It does indeed. So on that note, my darling, we shall let people lovingly go. <laughs> yes, yes. And thank you all for being with us today. And thank you for allowing me to be here. Yeah, always. And you're going to be back again. I know you're oh, going good. to be a, oh, a repeater for sure. <laughs>
Um, always love your energy here and it always lifts me up and I was looking forward to this one today. As I said, I was feeling that mm, and then and completely turned it around, which is wonderful. And you know, Good. that's a point, isn't it? If you're feeling angst about something or you've got that energy, call a friend. You know, a friend that you can go, you know what? I've just got to get some bitching off my chest and then let's have a laugh. Right? Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. you know, get it off your chest. You're not meant to suppress it. Get it off. It's not directed at anyone. It's just directed at. And then have a good laugh, you know. Absolutely. And it's, you know, bitch fest together and then a, a good old laugh about life. It's because... the birth of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, have know, a good, yeah. yeah. Laughter, right? Laughter is so important. At ourselves, at life, at everything, have a damn good laugh. It's a really good, healthy release. It's good for your health. It's good for your psyche. It's good for your spirit. And after you've had that good belly laugh and you're almost out of breath, you know, it's like yes. you're ready to go forward again. So, yeah. Absolutely. And you can laugh at anything, anytime. In fact, somewhere on the internet is a video of me collapsing in laughter just because I could at a speaking engagement. Mm hmm. And watching people be very nervous and joining right in. Right, because it's intoxicating. You're laughing, you don't know what they're laughing at, but you're laughing at them laughing, and then everybody else is laughing at everybody else laughing, and then <laughs> next thing you know, everybody's laughing. They don't know why, but my God, do they feel good. <laughs> and that's the same thing we can do with love. Absolutely. You know, one drop in the ocean makes a difference. If all of us put in one drop, one drop, right? Look at the difference we can make. Nobody's asking you to fix everything. We're just asking you to contribute. All right. Thank you, my Absolutely. love. And once Thank again, you, once again, yeah, your site is um, elizabethpower.com and Facebook, Elizabeth Power on Change. And your podcast coming out soon. And the book is Healer Reducing Crisis on Amazon. And uh, please go back and listen to our other show, which we do talk about crisis and stress and all of that, which every single one of us has felt or feeling or wants to get rid of. <laughs> you know, uh, Emotion is something that is there in our lives for a reason, but we don't want to become emotional about the emotion. We want to release, right? So um, find something to laugh at, get up and dance, have a glass of wine and just ah, embrace life. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. Always thank you so much. Until next More time, soon. folks. Much love to you all. Much love. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.